Welcome, everybody, to Screen Talk Emmy Edition Phase 2 post-nominations as uh, IndieWire Executive Editor Michael Schneider and me, Editor-at-Large, will uh, go over uh, the categories now that we know who's actually in contention. And um, this week, we're going to start with uh, the various uh, reality and variety uh, categories, starting with... Right, right. Um, we'll throw some doc in as well. So uh, one, one of your favorite uh, fields, Anne. So yes, we'll, it is. Okay, <laughs> one of the few <laughs> that I've actually seen everything uh, most of the time. Anyway, yeah, so we're going to start with Outstanding Host for a reality or reality competition program, and I am very curious to hear what you think the favorite is in this category, Michael. Well, this is this is an interesting category this year, and actually, this is the focus of my my story later this week on on IndieWire. In that, this is a very diverse group this year. There's not a single uh, straight white man to be had, which is <laughs> not <laughs> you normal. Yeah, you can't say that about many categories, but but this is uh, you know pretty pretty nice to see. So. RuPaul won last year from RuPaul's Drag Race. I would Drag guess Race. that's going to happen and again, right? Abs- absolutely. RuPaul's the favorite here. No doubt he's going to win, and that's and fine. And he's only been building good good favor. I mean, that's, Just a, that's, a, that's a, isn't that a show that people are more and more people are yeah. checking into? Bigger and bigger. As a matter of fact, VH1 had its best Emmy performance ever this year. Twelve nominations, all because of RuPaul and RuPaul's various shows there. So RuPaul is a juggernaut. Actually, He's developing a talk show now, too, so who knows? Makes he may sense. dominate the daytime Emmys next year. But for now, RuPaul definitely in the mix, but you've got uh, uh, W. Kamau Bell uh, from United Shades of America. He was nominated last year. He's back. Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum from Project Runway. They're perennials, and they're back as well. Jane Although I would have to say that show, which I love, by the way, feels like it's a little long in the tooth at this point. Yeah, well, and this is its final year on Lifetime. Next year, it returns to Bravo with uh, its original producers, and and so it it could uh, have a so new. So it's not Weinstein year. anymore. Weinstein is out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So, um, so so we'll see how that looks next year. Ellen DeGeneres made it in this year, uh, thanks to Ellen's Game of Games, which was uh, her show on NBC earlier this year, which did very well. Uh, with the ratings, but uh, gone this year, Alec Baldwin from Match Game, Gordon Ramsay, who is another perennial, he's out, and Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg, unfortunately, did not but make it. Jane that. Lynch is in there. But Jane Lynch is Bringing in there as well. Bringing even more uh, diversity on every sexual yeah. front and, and Absolutely, so forth. For, for Hollywood game nights. So, Excellent. yeah, again, a, a great mix. So, But RuPaul, RuPaul for so the win. So Lynch is nominated in several categories then. She's also supporting actress guest, I believe, uh, for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Jane Lynch is a popular choice. You know, she was uh, nominated back in the Glee days uh, several times as well. So uh, the voters do like the, the Jane Lynch. So, all right. If we were looking at outstanding variety talk series, um, my guess is that John Oliver is the favorite. Is that right? Yep. Yep. He's, he's got the new lock, you know, once upon a time, this was daily shows, but, uh, you know, uh, after John Stewart left, John Oliver sort of filled the gap. So, so Oliver of course will continue to win, but nice to see, speaking of daily show, nice to see Trevor Noah in the mix, uh, daily show with Trevor Noah, which brings the daily show back to this category. Uh, and it fills the void uh, left by real time with Bill Maher, which was 
not nominated this year. But he has run into a lot of controversy and seems to be alienating as many people as he attracts with his very, very lefty sort of take on things, but also politically incorrect at the same time. It's not like he's a poster child for uh, taking the right attitudes about well, things. Well, that's that's the thing with, with, with Bill Maher is he's got his detractors on the left and the right, so he doesn't have a lot of friends, which <laughs> I guess, you know, this this is the man who made a career out of being politically incorrect. No, so. he really did. And, and Jimmy but the other is interesting because Jimmy Kimmel and Samantha Bee, of course, have come into their own with uh, the political uh, maelstrom that surrounds all of them and gives comedians a lot of, and Trevor Noah, a lot of, of, of rope to play with. But what's interesting about Corden being in this mix, um, and, Cor- and Colbert, of, of course, has run, run the, um, he's my favorite in terms of, you know, running with the ball on, on politics. But Corden is the escape artist. He's the one who gives us, you know, carpool karaoke and all the fun things that, that we don't, you know, that are giving us an escape from reality. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one that's been the least political on this list. You know, Kimmel every once in a while wades into it, but you know he's he's not overly political. Uh, but then you've got yeah, Trevor Noah, John Oliver, Samantha B, of course, uh, uh, who have had. Uh, no shortage of material over the past two years. So, so yeah. So this this uh, category remains pretty much unchanged, except for Trevor Noah filling in for for Bill Maher. But John Oliver, of course, uh, will take home yet another Emmy. I think this year. So, outstanding for of outstanding variety sketch series. Um, we have Tracy Ullman with all of her makeup and hair and, and costumes and all of that. We've got Saturday Night Live, the usual lead front runner, I imagine, again. Portlandia, which I'm sort of surprised that this scruffy little low-budget show manages to scrape in here every year. What is oh, your but- explanation for that? Well, a combination of things. You know, first off, it is from Lauren Michaels. So that's, uh, you know, it, it may be a, a, a small show, but you've got the, the, the titan of late night in, in Lauren Michaels as a producer. And then, you know, you've got Fred Armisen, who, uh, you know, is is very well known as SNL alum. And, and Carrie Brownstein, who up until Portlandia was more known as being an indie rock star uh, than, than she was a actress and director and comedian, but, uh, you know, has now become a super star multi-hyphenate so you know this show been nominated for directing portlandia and i looked at her episode and it's very good and what it struck me about it is that they've actually improved uh the quality of that show the production values are much better now than they were at the beginning yeah yeah it started out as sort of a quirky little sketch comedy show that seemed to be kind of one note but it really like fell into its own and and uh, became such a such a just nice show. I, I I appreciate it for being different and and weird, but not too weird. And you know they've got these recurring characters that have become so uh, it, uh, instilled in the show too. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss Portlandia. This is its final season, so this is its last chance to to get some love. Does that uh, give it a chance to win, or is Saturday Night Live still the the front runner? I think SNL is too. It's it's the 800 pound gorilla in this category. It, it no, nothing else can. Even even come close. Not Amy Sedaris, not Drunk History, not I Love You America with S- Sarah Silverman. 
fine shows, them all. Drunk History <laughs> returning, of course, uh, from last year as well. Amy Sedaris, nice to see her in the mix uh, with her new show, At Home, with Amy Sedaris. And Sarah Silverman, of course, her new show, I Love You, America. But And, and Tracy Ullman, of course, is an icon, and she was nominated last year as well. But no one can hold a candle to just the power of SNL. So. Yeah, that's how it'll go. Okay, Outstanding Variety Special. Um, explain why this is a new split category. Yeah, so up until uh, last year, it was just, uh, you know, Outstanding Variety Special. So it included both live and pre-recorded. It, everything was in there. Uh, and Carpool Karaoke Special from James Corden won last year. Uh, but this year, they split the category into two. So, uh, you know, the live specials like the Golden Globes, the Grammys, uh, the Oscars will compete against each other. Uh, and the pre-recorded stuff, like Carpool Karaoke, gets its own category. That so. actually makes logical sense to it me. Does. And also, very, if you have different. the cojones to go out and do Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert, you know, and pull that off, you should get the points for that. Yeah, and, and obviously doing a live event is a very different beast than doing a pre-recorded event. So, so they finally found a spot to put all those award shows. So they're in one bucket now, along with... Yeah, the, the, the live events. Yeah. yeah. So what do you what do you think wins this? I mean, if it were me, I mean, given that the I know the degree of difficulty is very high for the Oscars and and all of these awards shows, um, I I just think why not just give it to the creative beast here, the one Jesus Christ Superstar, which was so popular. I agree, and I think that'll probably be it. To tell you the truth, uh, I think the award shows will cancel each other out. Yeah, exactly. And, and they have been doing a lot of campaigning, Jesus Christ Superstar, whereas the award shows, they don't really campaign because it's kind of, what what would you campaign? <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, so that's I, a good point. And, and it's the, this is the, the odd person, in a way, it's an advantage to be the odd, odd person out. And also, you know, John Legend is so popular. I just, and also, and the woman, uh, Sarah, uh, who was the um, co-host on the Tonys, she, she was on this too, right? Yes, yeah, Arabrillis. So, so, so I think what we're going to find in the coming years is if these live events keep winning every year, they're going to have to once again figure out: okay, does it make sense to put the award shows in here if they're never actually going to win? Or, the, the like, of course, you could argue: does it make sense to even? have a category where award shows are nominated. That since would be the, my argument. That's yeah. the point. It's almost it's too meta for my taste. Exactly. So let's get to uh, Variety pre-recorded. Now, I would vote, this is just me, I would go for, I, I, I feel like Corden is just in the zone with Carpool Karaoke, and the, as you pointed out in one of our meetings, uh, you know, they, were, they had the sense to put the Paul McCartney one up right when the voting was happening, um, which had everyone crying. Every boomer oh, yeah. in America was, like, putting that up on their Facebook page. Well, it won last year, so I think it is the front runner. You know, probably the biggest competitor might be the Carol Burnett Show 50th anniversary special, because if you get enough people who you know, vote for the icon, uh, you know, there's a chance that she could sneak in and, and win it, another CBS production. Um, you do have uh, Samantha Bee's special in Puerto Rico, which is in, an important show, you know, sort of highlighting what's going on in Puerto Rico. So there is the... That could get the political vote. The political vote there. Of course, you've got Steve Martin and Martin Short. Uh, you know, that's... A lot of another, affection for them. A lot of a lot of affection for them, uh, just like Carol Burnett. But then again, those two could uh, cancel each other out, perhaps. 
Um, what about Dave, Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, and people love Dave Chappelle, but it almost feels like he kind of gets lost in, in all these other things that we talked about here. This wasn't a, a special that probably got as much attention as other Chappelle stuff. So, so karaoke, what's interesting about that show is that um, as an Apple TV user, that is a hugely promoted thing. It's like right there on their front page all the time. You can't avoid it. Um, so I think there's you know, a lot of people with Apple TVs. Yeah, who just see that brand? But you know, Corden is everywhere. So and and uh, you know, this is this he does this special every year, including YouTube, right? It, and yeah. it won last year, so that that's you got to that'll happen. All right. Yeah. So then we get to outstanding documentary or nonfiction special to get into the IndieWire zone here. So you have the Oscar winner from uh, this year, Icarus, from Brian Fogel. That's a Netflix documentary, very very widely seen, obviously yeah. because it won the Oscar. Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, which was very well liked, a big festival hit, and I'm sure that one did well on Netflix as well. And then you have Mr. Rogers, which is currently in theaters, but that, that this isn't the same one. This is It's You I Like, PBS. Have you seen this? I haven't, but you're right. Mr. Rogers seems to be in the zeitgeist right now because of... Uh, Won't the, You Be My Neighbor. Won't You Be Morgan My Neighbor. Neville, and then, which and then is also a huge the, hit. And the Tom Hanks movie that people are talking about and is is being cast right now. So it is, we're talking a lot about Mr. Rogers these days. I suspect, though, that this is probably going to have a tough, I haven't seen it, so I'm not judging it at all. But it will be a tough act to follow, Won't You Be My Neighbor, I would have to suggest. Um, Yeah. Then you have the Spielberg, which I hear sort of um, in and out on that one. I never watched it myself, maybe because I feel like I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, I think that probably is right. Uh, and then so you've got uh, Gary Shandling. Which Zen is the Gary one Shandling. that all the critics are raving about, that everybody loves Judd Apatow, who took a, a real uh, lot of his time, you know, time he doesn't have, to devote to his mentor. Yeah, yeah. It's very so I good. Think- I think uh, I would probably lean towards Gary Shandling. Me too. Uh, by, I Me mean, too. don't forget Gary Shandling. Uh, you know, the Emmys loved him back in the day, and people still have affection for him. Gone too soon, and and this uh, movie, this movie, this it, it's very, very um, well. It's long too. It's not just a two-hour movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard that's why I've heard mixed uh, that maybe it it's goes too on a long, while. It that, does. But I think people will kind of look past that and, and vote as much for Gary Shandling and for Judd Apatow. Uh, as they do the actual production. Yeah, so. I think so. And Icarus has probably been there, uh, done that at this point. Um, but Netflix does a good job, and so does HBO, of marketing their films. But uh, So Shanling has the HBO machine behind him. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. Netflix won last year for 13th, yeah. so Netflix is the incumbent uh, in this category. But yeah, it is... You know, it is Netflix and HBO. So, right. so then we have outstanding documentary or nonfiction series, and so these are these are uh, you're you're judging the the series, you're judging the the actual uh, season of them. Right. So you have right. American Masters, which is a you know obviously on every year. Blue Planet again too, which is of course stunning. Uh, nature stuff um, from BBC. Uh, the Defiant Ones. Uh, from Alan Hughes and Doug Prey, The Fourth Estate, which is um, about the New York Times, and it's uh, Liz Garbus, who's very well uh, regarded. 
um, from Showtime, and then Wild Wild Country on Netflix, which is produced by uh, IndieWire's favorite, the Duplass brothers, <laughs> the ubiquitous indie uh, combo um, of director, writer, showrunner, producers around town, um, which is uh, which I saw and is extraordinary. Yeah, um, yeah, and no, unusual. Doesn't nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. I mean, you've got you've got three of these here that are, are you know interesting contenders in Wild Wild Country. Obviously, a very interesting narrative story about this cult in, in Oregon in the 1980s. Fourth Estate, like you mentioned, very important and very timely, dealing with the New York Times. It's a and, whole and year at the New York Times. Yeah, and, and and then Defiant Ones got a lot of great attention. The story of Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, and uh, you know, very well done as well. HBO did a great job marketing that. Um, but last year's winner was Planet Earth 2, which was another BBC America nature docu-series. And you've got Blue Planet 2 sitting right there. So Blue Planet 2 could very well sneak in. Why and, and wouldn't that BB there done that, go with something new? Why not go with Wild Wild Country, which is a, a long series? and a, Or go with something really important and, and time timely like the fourth estate i'm just asking yeah yeah well i think i think that's a possibility i would hope like you know i'm rooting for wild wild country i i thought it was great and it blew my mind it was a little slow getting started and i could argue that they went into way too much detail over the whole thing but it paid off so well when you got to the end of that thing (laughs) it just it just blew your mind yeah, so I wonder if if these these docu series, uh, which you know, Wild Wild Country, Fourth Estate, and Defiant One, sort of are in the same bucket, if that means that the people who just love nature docu series mm. are potentially going to uh, allow Blue Planet Two to sneak in and and win it all. So, and American Masters feels like an old standby kind of thing in a way. Yeah, right. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, and then you have outstanding informational series or special. And in this case, while you have HBO's Vice and you have Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk and you have David Letterman's My Guest Needs No Introduction and you have Scientology and the Aftermath from Leah Romini, I'm going to say that the man who has dominated the um, uh, attention of the media for the, and it hasn't stopped, by the way, it continues. Is Anthony Bourdain. Leia Remini would be the incumbent, obviously, headlines, Trump, anything else. And, and this will clearly be a posthumous uh, tribute. Gotta go to there. Gotta yeah, go there. No doubt. No doubt that, that they, they, they award this. And it's going to be a touching moment on stage and an emotional moment when they do pick up yeah, that prize. No, that's, that's a tough one. Um, okay. Exceptional merit in documentary filmmaking. Okay, so City of Ghosts is Matthew Heineman, who did uh, Cartel Land, which was nominated uh, for the Oscar, but did not. City of Ghosts did not get nominated. It's A and E, Amazon Studios, and it is. It was well liked, very well respected. A really good, solid Syria documentary. There were so many Syria documentaries that it kind of got knocked out by last uh, Men in Aleppo. Um, so then you have Jane, which was knocked out uh, of the running for the Oscars, and has a great. I would think a lot of sympathy behind it. Um, it's National Geographic who's been pushing it very hard. And I think a lot of people must have seen this. It's, it's, it's very much um, 
um, the the extraordinary uh, Jane herself, who's been on the road in in her late eighties, uh, you know, pushing uh, uh, her her various nature. Oh, and it's uh, it's just that agendas. amazing amazing found footage of Jane Goodall in in the 50s right where she's in her 20s and is oh, it's all amazing alone. and and it's and there's a romance in it and 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 you what they did was to effectively take that footage which was stunning footage just yeah. cinematographically i saw it up on the big screen at uh hollywood bowl and it held up i mean it really <laughs> it looked great yeah uh you can't yeah. do that very often with anything uh beyond you know uh anything usually could hold up on that screen um so that's one and then you have strong island which uh, was also short you know on the final uh five for for the oscar from transgender filmmaker yancy ford a very strong personal documentary about his own brother who was killed on long island uh it's it's a it's kind of, it's it's a very hard-hitting and tough uh brilliantly made uh, Netflix documentary. And then What Haunts Us, which is the one I have not seen, Nat Geo won last year with LA 92, which was a very cinema verite uh, look at the uh, LA riots. Very well done. Yeah, yeah. So that was and a I political th- film. And doesn't it feel like Nat Geo sort of is, is in line to pick up uh, the, uh, another consecutive Emmy this year? Because Jane, to me, of all of these, probably has the most awareness uh, they did a great job of marketing it. Uh, feels it's a like great movie. The year. Yeah, it's a great so. movie. So a lot of people feel it was robbed, as far as not getting an Oscar nomination. And I think uh, I think it's a very strong uh, movie. In a weird way, what you have with the Oscars is that you have this very um, uh, small. You, you have this very insider branch of the Academy, the documentary branch. Sometimes it's about a little bit of Schadenfreude. There's a there's a little bit of stuff that goes on uh, there uh, among the the members. Uh, sometimes they resent a big success, but I don't think that's a ca- the case with the TV Academy. Right, right. No, I think it's uh, it's a little different. So um, yeah, I, I think I think that's the way to go. Okay, and then we have outstanding structured reality program with old favorites like Antiques Roadshow, Fixer Upper. Uh, how long has that been around, Fixer Upper? Is that an old one, too? That's That's been around for a while. That was nominated last year as well. Um, a lot of these were nominated last year. So Lip Sync Battle, also nominated last year. Uh, so uh, newcomer Queer Eye, a, a return of the format uh, from Netflix now. Uh, Shark Tank, which won last year, back for another season. And then Who Do You Think You Are from TLC, also nominated last year. So, So Shark Tank was last year's winner, but... It does feel like we could maybe potentially have a change in the guard here with Queer Eye. I think so, too. There, um, it, it feels like the right time to go that in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Just a really well-done show, feel-good show, a show that, you know, we didn't even realize I think we needed uh, in this, <laughs> this day and age. But, but I'm glad it's back and uh, very welcome to see it back. And they did a great job of, of reinventing that format uh, with a new generation of uh, a new Fab Five. They're in Atlanta this time. They, they really make an effort to bridge the gap to bring in some, you know, conservatives from the South who, you know, uh, are, are uh, you know, taught uh, how to sort of, uh, you know, be their best self by, by this group of guys. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really well done show and uh, would not be surprised to see it uh, pick up the Emmy. All right, then we have the um, Outstanding Unstructured Reality Program. 
<laughs> what does that mean, uh, Michael? <laughs> yeah, so so structured means there's a format that you come to and you know every week, like there there's a certain uh, way that things are done. Queer Eye, for example, every week they uh, introduce a guy who has a reason that he needs his life overhauled. So then mm. the Fab Five comes in and redo, does this house, <laughs> gives him a new wardrobe, all that. So there's a format. Shark Tank obviously has a format. Yeah, Lip Sync yeah. Battle has a format. So these shows... They, they they have a broad format in that you know what kind of show they are, but these shows could go a different way every week because uh, it all depends on what the participants actually say and do. So starting with Born This Way, which is the A&E series that's got a lot of acclaim over the years for showcasing young, young adults who are born with Down syndrome, but they're pursuing their passions and uh, you know really showing that they, they can still live these, these great, fulfilling lives. So... That's been a perennial nominee. Uh, Deadliest Catch from Discovery Channel, also back again. Intervention, also back. Uh, Naked and Afraid is in the mix. Which, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's the one where uh, the people are off on an island and they're naked. And uh, it's, it's check it it's, out. It's naked Survivor. <laughs> naked? Is that what it is? Naked Survivor? Yeah, it's Very naked good survivor, idea. Basically. <laughs> uh, and then uh, speaking of RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, which is uh, sort of the inside, uh, behind the scenes of the As drag race competition. <laughs> so, so that's back again this year. And then United Shades of America with W. Kamau Bell, which won last year, is back in the mix as well. So that could potentially once again win. And if so, you could have uh, CNN actually picking up uh, a couple a of trophies. Quite a so. few. It looks like they're they're doing very well. All right. Well, we're going to wind up with Outstanding Reality Competition Program, which, again, has some familiar uh, series, The Amazing Race, um, Project Runway, RuPaul again, Top Chef, The Voice. Is American Ninja Warrior also a familiar uh, player? Yeah, it looks like it's the same group, pretty much. Same group. This is, this is a category that really could use a shakeup. It's, mm. uh, you know, they're all good shows, but the problem with reality in general, with, with reality competition, is that these shows are all sort of they've been around for a long time and they they continue to take up all these slots um so you know, presumably top, because people are still watching them yeah i mean they all still do extremely well in the ratings and and you know amazing race of course dominated this category for a decade and now uh, it's been the voice right the voice has been dominated for a couple of years so so within this this, this category which is unchanged they need to shake up and who's going to win at Maybe some RuPaul point comes in again as I was going to say, at some point, RuPaul's Drag Race probably takes over and, and starts winning. And that could very well be the case this year. So RuPaul's already been winning as best host. So it wouldn't this be surprising. This could be a big night for RuPaul, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, because it does feel like maybe people are off the voice to some degree. So uh, I could see RuPaul's Drag Race uh, picking it up and, and taking the mantle this year. Excellent. Well, thank you, Michael. You are more than erudite in, in this regard, <laughs> um, as opposed to, to me. But um, uh, sometimes just looking at it from outside, you can sort of see it anyway, you know? It, yeah. it, it, it does have a... It isn't. It isn't always about the quality of the show. It's about momentum. It's about pace. It's about uh, what the zeitgeist dictates, and you can sort of feel that. Um, Abs even, absolutely. Even as an outsider. All right. Um, we will visit. What are we going to do next week? So we'll start hitting some. Uh, well, next week actually. Uh... Well, possibly we'll uh, maybe see if Bill Deswitz is available so we could uh, do the below the line chat. Good idea. So let's uh, let's let's give old Bill a call and see if he wants to stop by our, our merry little podcast. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Michael. So. Thanks, Ann. Talk soon.